UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, welcome to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we have a number of issues to go over on the podcast, so we're going to jump right in. Well, Andy, first things first, what did you think about the football awards show and the players honored at the event? Well, I thought it was a good show. You saw more of it than I did. I think they've changed the format from last year. It was no longer at Lauraville's Manor, which is interesting because that was sort of a, um, a tradition in Livonia to go to Laurel Hills. But could you describe to me whether the players made a presentation about themselves like most of them did at Laurel Manor in the old in the old days? No, the format was uh, much more like the signing day event mm-hmm. that they had at Chrysler. Um, so basically what happened is, um, you know, talking about past events, the player, you know, the seniors would get up and give a speech, whether they won an award or not. There'd be a pre- presentation of the M rings. This year, the players came in, and uh, the players who were nominated for the various awards uh, basically had video clips played. You know, it was, it was more like an award show. You know, thinking of like during the Oscars, where every movie that was honored or every category was honored, each each. Uh, each particular thing had a had a video clip played that that talked about it. So there were clips uh, talking about each player nominated for each award, and uh, the player who won would come up and uh, get their award, which is called a shemi for, from now on. It's a a little statue that looks like Bo Schembechler, of course. Mm-hmm. And they I have did, a lamp that has one of those on. Yeah, and what's funny is they didn't have the awards ready. So basically there was one award up there, and the rest are being made, so the players who won their awards will get them at a later time. So, uh, yeah, so it was different. I mean, I'll say this. It was a much shorter event. It was it was very brief, you know, just over two hours compared to in the past. You know, when they had the, the event, uh, as you mentioned, at Laurel Manor, they would have, like, a banquet, and, and it could – it could run on for for four or five six hours. This was well, this was not that. This was two hours in and out. And uh, I think one of the things that was interesting to me when I'd gone to these events in the past, the highlights were you know the seniors talking, and they weren't always players who who got a lot of playing time, but they'd also they'd usually or, or frequently have interesting anecdotes about about playing and their time at Michigan. And you'd you'd get a, uh, I guess, a state of the team speech from the head coach, and you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, you know, Andy, you and I have gone in the past. You know, we've heard you know Lloyd Carr speak, Rich Rodriguez, Brady Hoke, and yeah. at this event, Jim Harbaugh spoke at the beginning for a few minutes, um, and I think that I had the expectation he was going to come back, and he never did. So, so that was one thing that was different. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that surprised me, you know, they give out a number of awards and, um, you know, not to take away anything from any player who did receive an award, but I was really surprised that running back Karan Higdon did not win any award. 
you know. And, yep, that stuns me too. And you know, there are a couple that that I think you know he he definitely should have been in the running for. You know, there was the the Bo Schembechler MVP, which is the the biggest award of the night. Chase Winovich won that. Again, no disputing that. Chase Winovich, I think, was the spark plug on defense. But, again, uh, I think that, you know, for Karan Higdon coming back when he could have left last year and and really being, I think, the the top spokesman for the team throughout the year, putting himself out front and center and, and answering questions from the media, and I, I was again. I he he would have he could have he would have or he, he was a viable candidate for MVP. You know, uh, you had the uh, well, you had the Ufer Award, which was for Spirit. Um, you had you know Offensive Player of the Year, which went to Shea Patterson. You had Offensive Skill Player of the Year, which went to Donovan People Jones. So any one of those awards, I think it, it would have you know Karan Higdon had to be a candidate for, but he didn't he didn't win any of them. You mentioned Chase Winovich, and I'd like to say a couple words about Chase. There's uh, been a lot of comment about a, a video that he had out there that he was taped that making a mirage, making mirage comments about the Ohio State game in an effort to get the bad taste out of his mouth. And he was worried about or fighting against those at other schools that would say that this represents Michigan football and the state of the program. And Chase was careful to say it did not. He said that that Saturday was a mirage. Now the Ohio State players have gotten together and they're making fun of that. And I hope they make all the fun that they can bring to the bring forth because this will do nothing but help energize Michigan next year. And it's, and for a change next year, the prime games that Michigan plays, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, are all going to be in Ann Arbor. Well, and I think that one of the things that people need to remember is that you know Chase was speaking in the press conference after the event, and that mm-hmm. was right after uh, Michigan found out that they had lost a commitment from safety Daxton Hill, who flipped to Alabama. And one of the things that was swirling around was that people were using negative recruiting against Michigan players saying, oh, you know, Jim Harbaugh is is contemplating getting out of his contract and he might go to the NFL. So not only did did Chase Winovich, uh, you know, speak to the situation of saying, hey, listen, don't don't take too much from one game, but uh, athletic director Ward Manuel also said, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, you know, if it's up to me, you know, Jim's going to be here till he retires. I think he's the best right. coach in the NFL or college. And if you're the best coach, you're going to get this kind of attention. And of course, teams are going to want him. So there was a lot of stuff swirling around, you know. And, and Andy, you and I have spoken about, you know, the rumors, the constant rumors of Harbaugh leaving. What did you think about?" Uh, the statements after after the awards uh, ceremony and the awards program about about his potential NFL future. Well, I don't I don't think that he thinks he has one. I think that he's happy where he is, and he's trying to kill those rumors. They deserve to die. They're uh, hyperbole. They're not uh, factual. And Harbaugh went on to say, in effect, said that he's strongly from Michigan. I don't have a fear of him leaving. I have a fear of him losing, not leaving. 
Well, and that's the question too, you know, you know, I got to believe that as much as many Michigan fans and most Michigan fans believe he's going to be successful, it is sure a hard uh, thing to swallow. I mean, that Michigan-Ohio State game, that is not what we expected. That's not what, what, you know, that's not where we thought the program was. So It wasn't well coached and it wasn't well played and it was an embarrassment. And there have been very few that bad. The higher you are on the list of success, when you get knocked down, you have further to fall and it hurts more. I've never resented and been wounded by a defeat like that one in my life. Now, that would make Ohio State fans happy, but it's not going to last long. And I think we got a chance to repair a little of the taste in our mouths, that bad taste, with meeting by meeting Florida, who is a decent team was going to give us a very good game in the Peach Bowl. And we'll get a chance at that time to also see who is uh, uh, skipping the game and who is not skipping the game. It's kind of hard to tell right now. There are a couple we're sure of. Rashawn Gary is one of them. Winovich has said he's going to stay. Higdon is still a little bit up in the air, I think. And Levert and Hill certainly are. I don't see how it would benefit Hill, Levert, Levert, and Levert, uh, or rather Levert Hill and uh, uh, any of those people, any of those two defensive backs, to go ahead and and, uh, skip the game because uh, they may gain their their. They're not really fast, and they don't have exceptional size. And so I think that staying another year and playing in that game, for instance, or playing in that game would help them a whole lot and wouldn't be on the derogatory side. Neither of them's hurt that bad that they have to heal, I don't think. Well, there's a lot of questions about what's going to happen in the game, who's going to participate. I think one of the surprises that's come out is that defensive coordinator Don Brown was a candidate to be a head coach, went down and interviewed at Temple, and I think that that surprises me. You know, I I didn't think at this point in his career that he was interested in being a head coach. Uh, Now, of course, he didn't get the job, but it did uh, send some ripples through the community that, that people were concerned about that. You know, and, and listen, I hope that Don Brown stays. I think he's a great coach. I but, do, too. But, again, the shadow of that Michigan-Ohio State game, you know, it's really hard for me to, to, to be pleased about having a number one defense when it got spanked that way. Um, you know, and, and back to the, the thing that Winovich said. Now, again, Ohio State fans are making a big deal about it. You know, as we would if the situations were reversed, you know, I like Chase. I don't have a problem with him, you know, speaking his mind. One, I guess, qualm I have is that, you know, it's one thing to to, to talk, but he's not going to be here next year to back it up. So he's kind of uh, writing a check that he's not going to have to cash. So so that's one, uh, I guess, you know, thing I have to, to – one difference I have, you know, if you're a player in that situation – the other thing is, is you know, get ready to hear that quote because that is going to get played a lot in the next year or two, and and the reality is, 
it's going to be one way or the other, Andy. Either Michigan turns the corner, and that quote is the the shot across the bow of of defiance, or things don't change and people are going to be making fun of that quote. And uh, so so that's kind of where where I am with that. Um, okay, can I make one little addition or correction of what I said before about the people possibly leaving? I was trying to say David Long and Lavert Hill, those two uh, think they might. Uh, there are rumors going around that they might leave. Nobody knows for sure. And what I was saying that for those two, either one of them, not being extra big, not being extra fast, they can prove more by playing than they could by not playing. Now, Devin Bush Jr. is another is another one that we're looking at, and nobody knows really whether he's going. So it's going to be interesting to see who lines up on that day, and everybody will take note. Some of the understudies probably will be happy if some of those people don't play. Well, and you know, that begs the question of, you know, there are a lot of people who are concerned that Rashawn Gary isn't going to be there. You know, we've talked about this before, you know, and I, and I know that, that a lot of people don't like this take, but the season ended for all intents and purposes when Michigan got blown out against Ohio State. It's not that I don't care about the bowl game, but for me, the bowl game is the first exhibition game of next season. And Rashawn Gary pulling himself out is best for the team. You know, what, what Michigan needs right now is to get some of those other guys some reps. You know, there's nothing good that happens for him if he plays in that game, okay? He, you know, he's been dinged up most of the season. You know, he's going to take this time to, you know, heal up, get ready for the NFL Combine. The best thing that he can do for Michigan is go on to have a great NFL career and be a great commercial for going to Michigan and doing that. So I know there's a lot of heartburn among fans about what players owe Michigan and whether they, they're owed to play in that game, but... You know, one of the things that coaches constantly talk about bowl games is, you know, it's the additional practices you have to evaluate players for next season. There's no amount that Michigan is going to beat Florida that's going to make up for losing to Ohio State. No victories. No, but, no, but, no, but, no, but it's going it's to be what people remember. There will be something in between the future and Ohio State. I, I think there's a lot to be gained. Uh, I think Michigan has a lot of, uh, contrary to what you're saying, I think that Michigan has a lot at stake at this game, that they must win it, and it will be bad for the team if they do lose it. I really think so. And, 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 and Andy, far, I, but Andy, I would push far, back on that. They played most of the season without Rashawn as it is. So how is it yeah, that but, different? Uh, I'm not talking about Rashawn, lady. I'm talking about whether or not this is an important game. And I'm saying that the 11th win to me is very important because it helps get rid of that case. It won't get rid of all of it. It won't bring back the things we lost when we, when we, uh, uh, blew up against, against Ohio State. But it certainly is a step toward a future that it will be a new season. And now I agree with you that the, that the, uh, uh, the playoff games took a lot of starch out of out of the bowl games, and that the only real granddaddy of them all is still out there is the Rose Bowl, and that one's a pretty good prize 
anyway, in spite of it. And that's the only one. But it still is Michigan football. It's a win or a loss for Michigan's football. And I continue to, I think that's important for the psyche of next year's team to get back on a winning track. Well, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm not saying that the game's not important, but huh? I'm not Good. saying the game's not important. But, uh, you know, again, and we were speaking about, you know, Rashawn Gary specifically because he's one of the only yeah. players. He's the only player we know for sure is not participating. Okay, that's right. And, there's and a he's lot one of, that. There's a lot of what opinion, if. Totally, yeah. totally justified because he played with a year-long, a season-long injury, and I would give a chance to heal, uh, to heal. But these other guys like Higdon and Vert and uh, everybody else that's out there, even Devin Bush. Well, Devin, Devin Bush. I can understand him somewhat too because he can't improve his uh, status. He won the, the Nagurski Woodson Player of the Year prize this year, and that's pretty good. You don't get much better than that if you're a linebacker and uh, or a defensive back in that category. So that's pretty good, and I don't think he has a lot to win if he shouldn't play because whatever he does in that game is not going to improve. Uh, the way he played this season because it was spectacular. So he, Devin Bush Jr. and uh, Rashawn, I kind of give them a pass. But the other ones, if uh, Karan Higdon didn't uh, play, he is a he is a captain, and uh, it seems to me that that gives him an obligation to be there with his team. And, no, I don't know. I go play. It's just rumors. So. Well, and again, I guess that's the thing. I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to get all excited about things that we don't know. You know, one are going to happen one way or the other. Um, I would expect in the next week or two. You know, we're only a few weeks out from the game. We're going to have a better idea exactly of of who's going to do what. But again, I, I'm not going to. You know, I'm going to talk about what I know, not what might happen. Um, and I think that's going to. You know, as the team gets ready to prep for practice and, and leave town, you know, all the rumors will be squashed. We'll know for sure one way or the other. Um, sure, that's so, sure. So another thing that happened is uh, uh, a player's been dismissed from the team. Omori Samuels has left, got into some problems uh, in town, and he was Domestic quickly... violence is, the, is what the paper said. Yep, so he is, he is gone, so... It'll be interesting to see what happens at the running back position next year, but that's next year. Um, I got a comment on that. They haven't recruited real well, had real good success with running backs, have been falling by the wayside. This isn't the first guy that's left at the running back position, and uh, they're not very deep there. So I wonder, as much as they depend on a running back to get that first down or to get good yardage on first down, They've got a true Wilson and uh, uh, Evans back, and they are good, serviceable people, but I don't know if they're spectacular or not. Somebody's going to get a lot of carries next year that didn't have them this year. And it might be somebody with not too much time in the program. And, you know, speaking of the Peach Bowl, you know, Michigan is going to be playing Florida yet again. Uh, you know, heading off to Atlanta. And, you know, this season reminds me a lot 
of the 2006 season where, you know, the, the Michigan headed into the Ohio State game, number one versus number two, with everything ahead of them, every possible goal, Big Ten championship uh, at the time, you know, a national championship, uh, you know, sure. everything was there. And, you know, of course, they lost 42 to 39 in, in a pretty epic game, right? Pretty. Yes, pretty, it was. Pretty entertaining and, again, lost on the road. You know, the Peach Bowl is such a, a letdown considering where we thought this team would be prior to the Ohio State game. So, yeah, you were hoping, if not the playoffs, you were hoping, or, uh, if, if not the uh, uh, East Championship game, you know, that that kind of stuff. Without that playoff game within the Big Ten and then the other playoffs, all that, all those expectations were dead in the water. And then it seemed like, hey, maybe we'll, maybe they'll get to go to the Rose Bowl. Everybody loves to go to a Rose Bowl. Get a lot of Michigan people there. It's a beautiful place. Pasadena's a tradition that is engraved in our minds. Uh, and that fell down. So everything went to hell on the basis of one loss. And that's epic. Well, and I've been given a lot of thought. You know, I'm trying to, to remember where we were, how I felt last year after the bowl game. And I remember, you know, being on the field and there was a lot of criticism that South Carolina and Michigan were in a New Year's Day bowl. And, mm -hmm. you know, after the game, you know, I was there, saw it, you know, again, not that you see anything different than you saw on TV, but, you know, being there, you know, the stadium was uh, pretty empty. And I remember thinking that, that, you know, whether Michigan won that game or not, that both of those teams were a million miles away from Alabama. And mm -hmm. I remember being really disappointed. You know, of course, Michigan was ahead for a while and then ended up, you know, losing 26 to 19, ended the season eight and five, you know, had a, a late season collapse. But I remember thinking how far away I, I thought we were from competing at the top, at the top level. And then I started thinking about, you know, where we were after the Ohio State game this year. And, you know, I'm disappointed, okay? There's no doubt. I am I am mightily disappointed. You're not the Lone Ranger. Almost all Michigan fans are, if not all. But it's one thing to have lost to Notre Dame and Ohio State, you know, both who are, are you know, top programs in the in the country. And another thing to lose to South Carolina which was a pretty mediocre team last year. And listen, Michigan was a mediocre team last year. Yes. And I think about what happened in the wake of that game. Michigan, you know, lost, and Harbaugh shuffled his coaches, made changes, made adjustments. So for me, listen, it's much better to be a top 10 team that lost to Notre Dame and Ohio State than you know, a barely ranked team, you know, that was, yes. that was eight and five. The question, be, the question becomes what happens now? I mean, okay. So you're a top 10 team. You want to be a top 10 team year in and year out, but what changes does Harbaugh need to make for Michigan to be a top four team and make that playoff? 
and people can talk about how the playoffs should be expanded and this, that, and the other thing. But the reality is Michigan needs to make changes to be a top-four team no matter what happens. And for me, that's what I'm going to be watching as they prepare for this bowl game, as they get ready for next season. That is the question hanging over the program for me. Well, I think that's exactly right. Evolution can't quit now. They have to evolve some more. They're not a top three team, or they're not one of the best teams in the country. And I didn't think they were even before they lost to Ohio State. They've still got a kind of plunky offense that can't score points in large quantities whenever they're needed, whenever they get behind. The defense has some defects, too, that others have solved, and some work has to be done on that, too. Those crossing patterns just killed us, and that kind of stuff is going to keep killing us if our defensive philosophy stays exactly the same. So I hope that can be tweaked some, and it's going to be interesting to see what players and everything, but I think the offensive line is going to be reasonably good next year. And the question to me is, are they going to have the backs to do the work that they want done? Well, and we know that Jim McElwain is leaving. You know, he's gone on to become the head coach at Central Michigan. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good luck to him. That's kind of an interesting career arc to go from the head coach at Florida to an assistant at Michigan to be the head coach at Central. But, hey, I'm sure he's getting a good paycheck, and, and good luck to him. Uh, well, you can't track all uh, that Brown interviewing for the Temple job uh, tweaked your mind a little bit there too and I have to park back to I got the same feeling when Beeline went to the uh, tried to get a job uh, with being coach of the Pistons last year I wondered why in the world are you messing with that I didn't think it would be a good fit for him and I didn't think it would be a good job for him but he, but he went there and interviewed. Unfortunately, he didn't get it, and Brown didn't either. So uh, we're in good shape with them for the upcoming year, I hope. Well, like I said, it's going to be interesting, you know, what changes he makes. We're going to see a new, uh, you know, coach in charge of the receivers. I think the big change that, that I want to see is a dedicated offensive coordinator. You know, they're doing it's this. Awesome. Amen to that. They're they, doing this they collab. Really do. Yeah, they're doing this collaboration where everybody has some input, and you know, I think we I'm know, not impressed. Oh yeah, and I think we know that Harbaugh is basically the last word. But again, it it's it seems kind of fractured. Um, and again, I keep coming back to, you know, sixty-two points. That's 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 not good, and. People can, you know, talk about how great our defense is. A great defense doesn't give up 62 points. So something needs to change. And, uh, of course, the offense needs to do a better job. But, see, Andy, I I guess I have a different take than you. Prior to that Ohio State game, I, you know, at that time, I thought Michigan was on a trajectory to make the college football playoffs. And I was looking forward to playing Alabama to see how we measured up. Now, Uh-oh. now, did I think Michigan was better than Alabama? No, but I thought they could stay in the game with them, okay? And I thought the defense could keep the game close. Well, we saw what happened to the defense against Ohio State. And mm-hmm. now, 
do I think we're a million miles from Alabama? We're not a mil- I, I don't feel as bad as I felt last year in retrospect. But, you know, the distance between top 10 and top 4, uh, you know, that's there's a there's a there's some you got to do a lot to get over that. You know, you got to get over that hump. And I think the higher you get, the more difficult it is to to make those to make those leaps. And and that's where I am right now. I I'm again, I I'm interested to see what what tweaks Harbaugh makes. You know, there's some question on, uh, you know, uh, you know, is Shea Patterson going to come back? Um, you know, who knows? We're and again, I mentioned before, we're going to know a lot more the closer we get. You know, after the bowl game, but well, he said he says he's he. Well, I guess that's still on the table, isn't it? Whether or not he's going to go pro, but he's going to play in the game. That's going to sure. he's going to play in the game, but it's a question of what's going to happen after. And yeah. listen, as much as I like Shea Patterson, I don't see him as an NFL quarterback right now. Now, the take that I've seen is that right now, the way the draft is shaping up, it is a lean year for quarterbacks. So if you are a quarterback prospect, this might be the year to go as opposed to next year where uh, it looks like more quarterbacks will be coming out. So it really becomes yeah, a tack- I, I hope I hope Haskins is looking at that, too. Well, again, he looked. I'll tell you, Haskins looked a lot more ready for the NFL than than uh, Shea Patterson. And you know, the thing the thing about that is, Andy, you know what? You know, we can talk about you know the Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State and whether you know how that opens up things for Michigan. You know, I saw Ohio State win a national championship with what essentially was their third string quarterback. Okay, they Uh just they just come in waves. You know, last year. Michigan was leading in the second half. Starter goes out. Next guy comes up. I mean, Ohio State has that next man up mentality that that Michigan aspires to. So, um, not that I, you know, I, I don't wish Haskins well and encourage him to go to the NFL. But I don't think, from what I've seen in Ohio State the last ten or fifteen years, there will not be a big drop off in talent on whoever comes in after him. And you know, I, I I don't know where Michigan is right there, right now. I mean, I thought Milton looked really good. Um, you know, he, I think he's intriguing. I think he can do some things that that Shea may not be able to do. But again, the larger question is how do you adjust your offense to do more things? And um, you know, I, I you know we talked about this before. I think that you know you mentioned that you know. Michigan has a whole bunch of offensive line prospects coming in. And yes. I mean, as great as the offensive line, you know, as much as it improved, I think what, what I saw in the Ohio State game is, you know, I remember coming into the season thinking basically these were the same guys as last year and that that was not a, a stellar group, right? They improved. Right. They improved throughout the year. But against Ohio State, you know, you know they they did not match up, uh, you know, essentially very well. So again, another year stronger. Bredesen's coming back, gets the prospects in, but I you know I look at that game and I'm like, okay, there's still work to be done in a number of areas, and a lot of it's on offense. And again, you know you can't decide. You know, speaking to defense, you can't decide. You know, after not playing man to man all year, basically, to switch to man to man and be effective. So there, there's a lot of things that, that I, I think that uh, 
Harbaugh and his crew are, are going to have uh, a lot of decisions to make in the off season as they're getting ready for next. Well, that's what he gets seven million plus a year to to figure out. I I think he'll make some changes. He's been kind of straightforward last year with the changes, made effective changes. I thought the coaching changes were good, and I, they got Roundtree now. Is isn't Roundtree coaching the uh, coaching the receivers? I think he'll do a good job. So I think they're good. They got a good set there. But I do think that if they don't have uh, an offensive coordinator, that they're nuts. I don't think this this system that they're using now, used last year or this year, is worth much. So, and we touched on Urban Meyer leaving. Uh, I'm disappointed. I would have liked to have beaten him. You know, Me too. I, I, I'm disappointed because there's at least two games that I think that you know, we could have, would have, could have, should have beaten him in. You know, I, I think that that game two years ago at Ohio State where uh, we went to overtime, I think to the the game, uh, you know, actually when Brady Hoke was still here, um, mm-hmm. when Devin Gardner, you know, we went for the two-point right. conversion, you know, there, there are opportunities to beat them. And I hate to see Urban Meyer get out without getting a little bloodied by us. But, uh, you know, his, his, uh, we're going to take him at his word that his health issues have, have become paramount. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens as Ohio State transitions to a new coach. And hopefully we have uh, a new era of success. But, you know, Michigan can't count on Ohio State dropping off. They, you know, Jim Harbaugh and his coaches and his team, need to work on improving to uh, to get over that hump and get to the next level. Well, like we said before, all the big games, all three of them, of, the, of our big games are in Michigan Stadium this year, aren't they? They are. Next season, it's going to be a big home slate. So, um, well, Andy, that's going to do it for this edition. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? No, I'm looking forward to the to the bowl game and see how all that falls out. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.